Welcome to the Anchored Podcast with Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I am so excited that you've tuned in, and it is my prayer that these messages will always help you to remain anchored, regardless of what storm or what season you're navigating. I pray that God would speak to your heart today and that you will never, ever, ever be the same again. Stay connected to Fellowship Chicago. This is Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I pray you stay anchored. Peace, peace. Genesis chapter 41, verse 14, and I'm happy to be here. It reads like this. Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was hurriedly, somebody say hurriedly, hurriedly brought out of the dungeon. When he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. When he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. I want to talk today from this thought very simply. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Thank you. You may be seated. I need you to smile at somebody beside you and say, hey, friend, I know it's a lot on you, but you'll be all right. You'll be all right. No, that's the wrong person. Find somebody else. Find somebody else. Find somebody else and tell them, I said, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. You are saying this phrase with an African-American contemporary colloquial vernacular. You are using the regionalism and the ebonics of our culture because the correct way to say that would be, you will be all right or either it shall be well unto you. But because I want to use the contemporary colloquial vernacular of our people, I need you to tell yourself this time, I'll be all right, I'll be all right. I want to kick off this sermon with a video I watched a few days ago, a video I ran into on social media by the inimitable Toni Morrison. Toni Morrison uh, was the first black woman to receive a Nobel Prize prize in literature in 1993. Toni Morrison received a Medal of Freedom from President Obama in 2012. Brilliant writer and she was unapologetic in her work, in her writing, in her life that she writes for black people. Her, her, her job was to, her mission, if you will, her vision, her purpose was to capture the essence and the stories of African Americans, our pains, our joys, our, 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 our levity, our liberation, our, our, our language. She captured it all in her writings. Some of you may have heard of the book Beloved or the book The Bluest Eye. That's, that's, that's Miss Toni Morrison. So listen to her. She was asked a question in an interview in 2021. And I want you to listen to how she responds. And that is the introduction of my sermon today. Let's listen. How do you survive whole in a world where we're all victims of something? It's to both of you. Um, how do you survive whole? I can't do this quickly, Juan. Okay. How can you survive whole and where we're victims of something? Um, you know, that's a nice, big, fat, Eastern, Western philosophical question about uh, how do you get through? Sometimes you don't survive whole, you just survive in part. Um, but the grandeur of life is that attempt. It's not about that solution. It is about, you know, being as fearless as one can and behaving as beautifully as one can on 
completely impossible circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's that that makes it elegant. Mm-hmm. Good is just more interesting, more complex, more demanding. Um, evil is silly. It, it may be horrible, but it's a, at the same time, it's not a compelling idea. It's predictable. It needs a tuxedo, it needs a headline, it needs blood, it needs fingernails, it needs all that costume in order to get anybody's attention. But the opposite, which is survival, blossoming, endurance, those things are just more compelling intellectually, if not spiritually, and they certainly are spiritually. This is more fascinating job. We are already born. We are going to die. So you have to do something interesting that you respect. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, media team. Y'all clap it up for Miss Toni Morrison. <laughs> Did y'all hear what she said? The question was, how do you survive in whole? How do you come out whole when you've gone through something? And she responded, sometimes you don't come out whole. Sometimes you come out in part. And while a lot of us were raised uh, to say, I want to come out and hold, and we want to be able to say things like this. I don't look like what I've been through. But the truth is, sometimes you will look like what you've gone through. And she says, you don't have to survive and hold. You survive in part. But the joy is, at least you're trying to survive. And she said, and the excitement of life, the grandeur, I love that word. Nobody can talk like Toni Morrison. The grandeur of life, the fascination of life, the excitement of life is trying to attempt to come out of it at all. It is the ability to show up, as she said, fearless and behaving as beautiful as one can under impossible circumstances. Your goal is not to come out whole. Your goal is to come out. And sometimes you've got to thank God, even if I didn't come out whole, I thank God I at least came out. And the joy of my life, the fascination of my life, is that I keep attempting to come out of what I'm going through at all. And maybe the real joy is not just in your survival. The real joy is in the energy that you find, uh, the faith that you muster, the endurance that you pull together to wheel yourself back to your feet after you walk through hell and storms and say, I may not come out of this perfect and polished and pristine, but I am alive and I am trying. And I am enough. I don't know what that did to me, but it did something to me. It, it put breath back in my body. It eased the fatigue of my spirit because I don't have to come out of this perfect. At least I'm coming out. And maybe you got to stop trying to come out of things perfectly. You, you, you know, because, because, because dead people don't scar. You didn't hear me. You only scar when you are alive. So the scars that we hold, hold stories 
about how you have come through something that you really should not have come through. You know who else blessed me this week? It, it was in the book, A Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway. He says, the world breaks everyone and afterward, many are strong at the broken places. And he goes on to say, but those that will not break, it kills. The world breaks everyone. And afterward, many are strong at the broken places. And anyone who refuses to break, it can kill you. Sometimes you got to be all right to say, I am not all right. Sometimes you have to admit, this did break me. This did hurt me. This did wound me. This did traumatize me. Don't try to faith around it. Don't try to glance around it. Don't try to skate around it. You got to go ahead and let some things break you. And let it break and you're going to cry and you're going to wonder, I'm falling apart. But instead of you trying to keep yourself together, give yourself the gift to break. Because if you don't give yourself the gift and the space to break, Hemingway says it can kill you. Many of us will die prematurely if you don't go ahead and embrace the break. Your heart is going to break. Grief is going to happen. Sadness is going to happen. Disappointment is going to happen. I ain't going to never love again. All men are dogs. It's all right. You got to embrace the space to try to love again. And even if you do get broken, you're going to still be breathing after you're broken. Which is what I'm really trying to say in this introduction is that you don't have to try to fight your way through a perfect life. You don't have to come out of the storm perfect. Just come out the storm. You don't have to come through the valley perfect. Just come and you're not going to be the same. After you go through certain things, you're different. Am I making any sense? You don't go through all you've been through and be the same person you were in your 20s. People are talking about you different. Yeah, I'm different. Do you know all I've navigated? Do you know all I've had to come through? Do you know all the people that let me down? Do you know all the tears I wiped that I didn't show you I wiped? Yeah, I'm different, but although I'm broken, I'm breathing. And I need you to take 10 seconds at the fifth Sunday of October and just thank God for your breath. Thank God for your pulse. Thank God for your resilience. Thank God for your endurance. And yeah, I may be broken. Yeah, I may not be whole, but I'm here in part. And regardless of all of what Toni Morrison calls the impossible circumstances, you're going to be all right. As long as you got a God who still sits high and looks low, you're going to be all right. I found a, a copy of the, of the newspaper, the Washington Post, this week around Thursday morning, and it was the most depressing front page of a newspaper I've ever seen in my life. Images of a useless, senseless war going on in, in Hamas over the Gaza Strip, and babies and women in hospitals and places of refuge being bombed. And do you really know underneath all of this what's happening? What's happening for those of us who are astute and aware is that... Uh, 
the children of Abraham are at war. At least three religions come out of Abraham's lineage. You get Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Islam comes from Abraham's first child he had with Hagar. His name was Ishmael. That's, that's how you get Islam. And then Abraham had a second son by the name of Isaac. And there comes the branches of Judaism. Right now in Hamas and Israel, you see Isaac's lineage and Ishmael's lineage fighting each other and you got silly Christians over here talking about we ought to back Israel both of them are God's children you don't pick a side on a senseless war where war crimes are going on there is no right or wrong side it's all wrong bloodshed and useless violence and carnage and vitriolic language and useless senseless war is all wrong it's an impossible circumstance and there was a little boy who was killed down the street in the suburbs of Chicago for the people to say, that ain't got nothing to do with us. Yes, it does have something to do with us. Because he was a Muslim, a white man killed him just because he was, but hatred has no boundary. Ignorance has no boundary. And just because it's not happening on your street don't mean it's not around your corner. And what's going on over there can impact us over here. It feels like Tony Morrison's work. It's an impossible circumstance. Did you see the mass shooting? 18 people killed in Lewiston, Maine at a bowling alley, relaxing on a Wednesday night. Eight people took them two days to find the brother who did it. And then when they find him, they discovered he was diagnosed with a mental health issue. But we live in a country where the systemic ignorance of our land still will not put any limits in place if you have a mental health challenge that you should not have access to automatic assault weapons or weapons at all and people will continue to die so y'all are ban a book in Florida but you won't ban guns in Maine but y'all not ready for me. It's impossible circumstances. You want to deny black history, but you don't want to protect black life. It's impossible circumstances. You claim to be pro-life. I believe, I don't believe in abortion. How are you pro-life and you say nothing about the war going on right now? If you believe in life, you got to protect all life. It's impossible circumstances. And you don't need global news or international news to figure out that life looks impossible at times because I can walk right up to your door, come in your living room, kick off my shoes, and we could talk for two or three hours about all the pressure. Some of y'all are want to tell me this morning, Pastor, it's a miracle I showed up to church today with everything going on. Who could just keep it 100 with the pastor and admit, yeah, I'm here, but I ain't all the way here because my children are going crazy and my money is funny and my change is strange and I don't want to go to work tomorrow if they fired me I would thank them low key because it's just so much stress if it ain't one thing it's a have you ever had a day like that but I don't care everything going on in the world everything going on in your world the Lord let me get all the way back from my homecoming just to tell you three little words you are gonna be alright and I need you to preach to your neighbor I'm gonna license you to be a preacher for 10.5 seconds go ahead and high five somebody and say we are gonna be alright as long as God's still on the throne we are gonna be alright we might have to cry we may have to suffer we may have to worry a little bit we might have to bounce back from some stuff we might get the there might be a breakup. I might walk away from the job. I may have to transition. It may not work out the way I want it to work out. But when the dust settles and the train dries up, we're going to be all right.
And that's all that's going on in this text today. Joseph, somehow, after all this long 13-year journey, gets pulled out of a dungeon that was intended for him to stay in for the rest of his life. You know, I almost titled this sermon, I Made It Out. Because sometimes God will get you out of something you didn't know how you were going to come out of. And the Bible says, and he came out in a hurry. Ah, uh, this ain't part of my sermon, but can I just bless you for it for free? If, if, if they put verse 14 on the screen again, I, I want you to see something unique. Uh, Pharaoh has a dream and needs to get to Joseph because they find out that Joseph is the only one who's a dream interpreter. And this is what happens. Pharaoh calls for him and the text says, before Joe got to Pharaoh, he shaved himself, changed his clothes. You missed it. He's not even delivered yet fully, but he shaved himself and he changed his clothes. Took off those dingy dungeon clothes, shaved himself, changed his clothes. Can I give you the revelation? God will keep you decent before you get delivered. And some of y'all, it ain't perfect, but y'all to thank God he held you together. I may not be where I want to be, but I'm going to shave. I'm going to put this lip gloss on. I'm going to draw these eyebrows on. I'm going to swoop this hat to the side. And I'm going to show up and look like something until I get it together. Can I holler at some real Christians and let the fake ones be quiet? Somebody ought to be glad. At least I'm decent. I ain't delivered, but I'm decent. I'm doing all right. It ain't perfect, but I am looking like something and just like Joseph was alright we gonna be alright and let me tell you why with a couple minutes left here it is number one because you can have inspirational incarcerations you can have inspirational incarcerations watch it now the only reason why verse 14 happens and Joseph gets pulled out the dungeon is because Pharaoh has a dream Needs a dream interpreter, and Pharaoh's cupbearer was once in prison with Joseph. When a cupbearer was in prison with Joseph along with the chief baker, they had dreams, and Joseph, although he was in prison, incarcerated, still helped them with their dreams. He needed help. But he still helped somebody else. He was wondering if the dream he dreamt was going to happen at all. But he did not let his delayed dream coming true stop him from being a blessing to somebody else. I ain't got to holler. What I'm trying to tell you is when you're in pain, still be in your purpose. When you have grief, still work your gift. When you're in a painful place, still keep your personality. Don't let a space change your substance. Let your substance shift the space. I'ma still be a blessing in a trifling environment. I'ma still be real when you fake. I'ma still be nice when you nasty. I'ma still be good when you evil. I'm not gonna let my place change my purpose. And so what I'm telling you is, although you're incarcerated, you got to still be an inspiration. Can you, even while you walk through hell, create heaven for somebody else? Can you be a blessing when you still need a blessing? 
Is this microphone on? See, I know church folk don't like this right here because you want me to tell you if you turn around seven times and jump up five times that God's going to give you a new job and send you a million dollars. But what I'm preaching about right now is to grown folks. I'm preaching to mature Christians. You don't let people set your atmosphere. You set your own. Even in a bad place, still be good. Do good. Stay faithful. Be ethical. Be honest. Help other people become and God will eventually flip that thing and the same people you helped when you needed help will turn around and help you. Be not weary in your well-doing for in due season you will Help me, choir. I know y'all heard it already. Act like you never heard it. You'll reap if you. I told the 1045 that Christians live with five seasons. Non-Christians live with four. The four regular seasons are fall, winter, summer, and spring. But when you are a Christian, you live with five. You got fall, winter, spring, summer, and due season. And somebody ought to turn up real quick. And thank God your due season is coming. Where everything you gave, everything you sacrificed, everything that you gave up, God will give it back double for your trouble. And God will use the same person that you helped in prison. When he gets out, that's how Joseph's going to go up. Because one person is going to remember you helped them with their dream. I told y'all I was at homecoming, didn't I? Told y'all it's a miracle that I came back, didn't I? Yes, I was down there having a great time. I was smelling the fragrance of black joy and black brilliance and black love. It was just a black time. And I was enjoying myself and, uh, and I got ready to pull up and, and one of the guys that works over transportation at Morehouse, Mr. Davenport, is a member of my home church and he's always been kind to me. And I told the 8 o'clock service, see, y'all be nice to the wrong people. Y'all want to be nice to the people with the big titles and the big names, but, but see, when you really want to know where the power is, you better be kind to the maintenance people. You better learn how to speak to the janitor. Whoever cooking in the kitchen, that ought to be your friend. Whoever got the keys to the building, that ought to be your friend. All Mr. Davenport does is drive and make sure all of the big people are where they ought to be. So he has access to wherever the big people are. He hit me up and said, are you driving to campus? Are you taking Uber? I said, I'm driving. I said, but I don't know where I'm going to park because you know it's a mess down there. He said, I know you don't know. When you're five minutes out, give me a call. I want you to park by the president's house. I want you to come down to the back street because it's a gate blocking the street, but I'm going to be sitting there waiting on you. So when I pulled up, he moved the gate. The police came and moved the gate so I could pull through so I could park right by the president's house. The police was looking mean at first. I said, how you doing, sir? He said, oh, Pastor Sharp, what's up? I said, yeah, you know, rolling like a big shot. Chevy tuned up like a NASCAR pit stop. And I rolled on through. And I waved, shot deuces. Then Mr. Davenport said, have you had breakfast? I said, no, I ain't had no breakfast. He said, come with me to the president's house. Let's go in the back. They have breakfast. I ate breakfast over there. Then he said, do you have a ticket to the game? I said, no, I was just going to walk around and tailgate. We don't really go to the game. He said, well, you know, we, I'm going to get you in the game, and you can go to the president's tent. So he put me in his golf cart after I just ate breakfast to go over to the president's tent. And every gate, every security, I went right past them, went right through them because I was with the right person. That ain't the shout. 
while we're riding over, I asked him, why are you being so nice to me? I said, this is unbelievably kind. He said, you don't remember? Two weeks ago, my family came up to fellowship and you took care of them. You made sure they had a seat. He said, the love I'm showing you in Atlanta is because of the love you showed my people in Chicago. Y'all sleep. You better learn how to treat people right. You better learn how to be a blessing. You never know how God will use somebody to turn around and bless you. If I can help somebody. But the blessing is, don't wait till life is good for you to do good. Bless people while you're struggling. Work your gift while you're grieving. Work your personality while you're still in painful places. Because you will transform that prison into an inspirational incarceration. Let me ask you a question. Won't he do it? Won't God work that thing out? Won't God use people who you least expected to turn around and bless you? Y'all not ready for me at 1 o'clock. Uh, let me turn it down. You, you got inspirational incarceration. That's why you're going to be all right. Because literally, you're going to plant seeds today that are going to germinate for you later. Here's the second reason. You're going to experience innumerable interventions. Innumerable interventions. You got to use your whole mouth to say this word. Say innumerable. Innumerable interventions. Some of y'all already know what it means, but some of us, like me, had to use a thesaurus. And so you had to figure out what this meant. It just means countless, incalculable, just too many to name. And from verses 1 through 13, God just keeps intervening in Joseph's life. And it's just too many to name. That ain't just Joseph's story. Somebody's sitting around here right now. And over the last 11 months, it's just been too many interventions. Y'all must not know what intervention means. It means when somebody gets in it that wasn't initially supposed to be in it. It means they intercepted, interrupted, intervened, worked out. Has you Have you ever seen God do that for you? Has God been intervening on your behalf? Watch it now, watch it. Between verse 1 and 13, God is in all of this. Even the chaos, God is in it. Even in the stuff that you think is working against you. God is in it. Dr. Dominique Robertson, last night we were going over this sermon and I was telling her what I felt in my spirit and she said this. She said, the confusion creates your conversion. Some things change because confusion was necessary for your conversion. Watch the confusion. Pharaoh has a dream. He's dreaming about cows and corn. Don't know what's going on. He wakes up. He's restless. I don't know what we're going to do. God keeps showing me this dream about fat cows and skinny cows and big corn and look corn and look corn eating up the big corn and the look cow eating up the I don't know what's going on. Then he starts talking. And because he's talking, all the armor bearers and the cup bearers are standing around and they hear that the Pharaoh is confused. It. And then he says, the cup bearer says to Pharaoh, well, I know somebody who can interpret dreams. But if the cupbearer had never been thrown in prison, he would have never met Joseph. But because he was thrown in prison, he knows Joseph. He knows Joseph can interpret dreams. Y'all missing me. Now he's in position to call Joseph's name to get him out the dungeon because all things 
help me one o'clock service. I said all things work together for the good of them. Can you reach over and shake somebody's hand and look like they happen to be in church? If they're on their phone, please leave them alone. If they look half asleep, don't touch them. But shake somebody's hand and say, neighbor, I'm here right now because God's been intervening in all the pieces of my story. I thought it was falling apart, but it was just falling in place. I thought it was working out bad, but it was just working out for my good. What they meant for evil. Can you praise God? I say, can you praise your God? Because he just keeps on stepping in. He keeps on taking your chaos and making it creative. I'm sorry, but when I look over my life, I see so many innumerable interventions. When I left my last church, and I'm gonna tell this story for the rest of my life because it's true, I walked away and did not know where I was going next. See, in hindsight, life looks smooth, but Reverend Jesse Jackson says, there are no straight lines in life. When I walked away, the Lord told me my season was up in my last church, and I walked away by faith. I said, Bree, I don't know what us gonna do now. I was prepared to work at Chick-fil-A. I was prepared to work at Men's Warehouse or either Suit Supply, because I know how to dress up a suit. I said, if I never preach again, I gotta have a job to make sure my bills are paid. Well, I walked away on a Sunday, first Sunday of June, 2018. By Tuesday, Pastor Charles Jenkins hit me up in my inbox and said, I heard about your recent transition. I'm praying for you. I know some of you are sitting there saying, Pastor Charles Jenkins, he was the last pastor of fellowship. In that message, he said, I hope to get you to the ship one day. Initially, it was just an invitation to preach. But in hindsight, it was an intervention to be the next pastor. Because God will step in. I'm sorry, this is my testimony. Y'all don't feel what I feel. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all. If you know I ain't lying, give God any kind of praise. Don't wait till somebody else does it. Thank God, because he'll intervene. Show up. Flip it. Reverse it. Turn it around. i ask one more time, won't he do it? How about three people say, trust God. Trust God in the chaos. Trust God in the silliness. Trust God in your frustration. Trust God in the breakup. Trust God in the termination. Trust God in your disappointment. He's setting you up, lining things up, organizing your destiny, synchronizing your success, strategizing your victory. Don't wait till you see it. Bless him. I'm done.
I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm happy. I'm happy and I don't care who knows it. Uh, tell your neighbor, we're going to be all right. That's the title of the sermon. For those of you who've been asleep, we're going to be all right. Look at your neighbors and neighbor. I'm going to have inspirational incarcerations. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to have innumerable interventions. But tell them, lastly, I'm about to see incessant increases. You know what incessant means. It means perpetual. It means consistent. It means constantly. It means back to back, day by day, over and over. I'm gonna just keep seeing more increase. Now, before I get too happy, last week I preached. And I told you Joseph had two sons. Y'all remember the first name? Manasseh. Oh, y'all get A plus today. Manasseh means God made me forget the hardship and the toil from my father's house. But Joseph didn't just enjoy earth, wind, and start the fire once. No, he and his wife, Azanoth, they got back together again. And when that second boy came out, they looked at him and said, Ephraim, verse 52, Ephraim, because your name means God has made me fruitful in my painful places. See, most Christians can't rejoice and they rob themselves from real joy because you think I need a perfect place to be productive. I need a perfect relationship to be productive. I need a perfect season to be productive. But when you walk with God, it don't have to be perfect for you to be productive because God will give you an Ephraim season and you will be fruitful in a painful place. Fruitful in a broken place. Fruitful in wounded places. Fruitful in lonely places. Fruitful in devastating places. Fruitful in grieving places. Fruitful in sick places. Fruitful in broken places. Fruitful in fractured places. Fruitful in grieving places. Fruitful in mad places. Fruitful in disappointing places. Fruitful in anxiety-laden places. Fruitful in depressing places. Have five somebody and high five them like you know Jesus and say God will keep you fruitful even in a famine. God will keep you fruitful even while everybody's looking at you waiting to see if you're going to die. But you ain't going to die. You're going to be alright. Because when the storm when the storm is over when the lightning stops flashing when the rain stops falling when the wind stops blowing you gonna have one testimony if it had not been for the Lord on my side where would I be can you high five somebody 
for the second to last time and say, neighbor, excuse me. If I get happy, some of y'all ain't talking to nobody. This is called class participation. I said, talk to your neighbor and say, neighbor, excuse me. If I get happy, but you don't know, like I know what the Lord has done for me, dried my tears, fought my battles, ended my issues, gave me grace, forgive my sins, pick me up, turn me around. Yea, though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod, your staff, comfort me. Yes, and thou prepares a table. Do y'all know the scripture? In the presence of my enemies, he anoints my head with oil, my cup, my bank account, my soul, my joy, my peace, my wisdom, my influence, opportunity, increase, anointing, network, entrepreneurial pursuit, my cup runs over and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Put your arm around your neighbor. Since I should have been in Georgia, let me act like it. Put your arm around your neighbor. Shake them and rock them. Rock them and shake them. Say, neighbor, trust me. You'll be alright. So be not dismayed. Whatever betides you, God will take care of you. Praise Him like you believe it. Praise Him like you know it. Praise Him like you lived it. Praise them like you see it. Don't wait till Pharaoh calls you. Shave yourself. Change your clothes. Get ready. word with seven ten shakes and say you gonna be alright I don't care what the doctor said seven of them shake seven people's hand sanitize and wash later write it in the chat seven times you gonna be alright I don't care what's in your bank account I don't care what's going on in your mind I don't care what the depression is I don't care how much anxiety you have I don't care nothing about that overthinking you gonna be Lift him up. 
feel you because I've been you. You thought the dungeon was your destination. You thought it would never get any better. But God intervened. So if you see somebody very excited or very emotional, they aight. They good. They just remember where their help comes from. And there's some people say, now Sharp, I've heard other messages, but that really wasn't mine. Keep living. <laughs> Keep saying good morning. And that right there, what I just preached, it'll make sense. You'll run it back and say, oh, that's what he was talking about, that's 
Lift your hand if you know God has been intervening in your life. What a testimony that everybody I see, young, older, seasoned, can say, Lord, you have been intervening. When I was sick, you strengthened me. When I was lonely, you were a friend to me. When I was confused and despondent, you sent me peace, peace. When I was overthinking and couldn't slow my mind down, you reminded me I wasn't alone. You just keep, lift that hand and I speak over every life that no matter what dungeon you may be sitting in, you're going to be all right. Trust God's sovereignty. Trust God's strength. Trust God's wisdom. Oh God, I ask right now that you would pour out your peace. That peace that Paul wrote about to the church of Philippi. That peace that surpasses all understanding. Somebody's in a dungeon right now. And they don't look like it, but they're in a dungeon. And they're wondering, have you forgotten them? They're wondering how long this darkness will last. How long will this suffering last? How long will I face the same, same thing? God's rush your Holy Spirit in. Rush your power in. Rush your peace. To your children because God somebody's in an emotional emergency and we can't wait to next Sunday we need you to do a miracle right now touch right now strengthen right now send your glory send the weight of your glory right now shift us until you shift it. And even if we're not fully delivered, let us look decent until things get better. In the name of Jesus, if there be somebody here that needs Christ, needs a church home, or needs to make some changes, send them running down the aisle so that they can have their life totally connected to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let everybody say amen. We already have one that have come this morning. We welcome you. You coming today? God bless you, my sister. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm so glad you're here. If there's anybody else that needs to come, come on. Come on, my sister. Come on, my brother. You got you to gotta want to be better. You got to want to trust God. You got to give your life over. You have to surrender and say, you know what? I've tried my way. It doesn't work well when I do it. So I want to give it to you. Whoever you are, come on, walk out. Walk out. I know there's at least one more in the room. I know it. I feel it. And I want you to walk out by faith. We're not looking at you. We're praying for you. We're not judging you. We're praying for you because we want you to have your best life. If you're here, my brother, my sister, come on. Peace. Peace. Come on. Whenever the Lord says peace. God bless you. Whenever the Lord says peace, God bless you. 
Welcome home, welcome home, welcome home. You walking with her? Amen. I got you. You already remember, but you just got a diagnosis how long ago? Three weeks ago, uh, been diagnosed with colon cancer. So she's coming for prayer tonight. She's coming for prayer. She's coming for prayer this afternoon. Stay right there. We, we won't close until we pray. Amen. Yeah, we got some survivors in the room. And this is Cancer Awareness Sunday. And so we know what God is able to do. If there's anybody else who needs to come, walk out. Walk. We normally stand at this part of the worship service. Ain't nobody more tired than me. I've been, I've been up here since 6, 45, 7, 8 a.m and got in late last night. I know nobody's more tired than me. We normally stand as a sign of support for the people that are wrestling with making a decision. Can you smile at the person beside you? Say, hey friend. Talk to them for real. Say, hey friend. If you need Christ, if you need a church home, if you need to make some changes, I'll walk with you. Come on, if it's you, come on, walk out, walk out by faith, my brother, my sister. Come on, walk out, walk out by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. I, I hear some clapping. Is there some shifting? Come on, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. One has come. One has come for prayer. Who else am I waiting on so we can lock you up with the Lord who promised never to leave you nor forsake you? I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. We're going to sing it one more time. I just want to give you time. But I believe in my heart somebody needs to come whenever the Lord says peace. Yeah. There'll be peace. Peace. Come on. Peace. Come on. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Whenever the Lord says peace. Whenever, whenever. Bless you, my brother. Welcome, welcome. Stay right there. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Can we thank God for the two that have come already? My brother, my sister, I want to put you all in the hands of our First Touch ministry. My sister, are you able to go down some steps? All right, come on, come on with us. I'm going to get one of our ministers to walk with you to make sure you're good. Amen. Thank you, Ms. Mary. Our First Touch ministry. Yeah, I want one of the ministers to walk with her too. We're going to send one on each side. Thank you all. Come on, y'all welcome them into the family of God. Amen. 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 Take your time. Take your time. My sister, what's your first name? Diane. I want every cancer survivor to come around here and stand by Miss Diane. I want those who are in the journey right now to come down and stand with Miss Diane. Come on. Every cancer survivor, every person in the journey, come on. Come on. Step up a little bit, Miss Diane. Stay right there. Come on. And I need y'all to get a little bit more loud for these survivors. Yes. 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 Oh, yes. Come on around here. Come on down here. Come on. Stand by this sister. Stand with her. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Now, what I want you to do, 
is just take a 360 and look around you. Look around. Turn around. Look at all these people. Look at them in the eyes. Look at them in the eyes. Look at them in the eyes. You see what I'm saying? Come on, turn on around. Turn on around. Turn on around. Turn on around. You know what you just looked at? Testimonies. You're standing around testimonies. I don't believe in playing with God, and so I'm not here to tell you God gonna do it, God. I know he's able. You believe he's able? And that's enough to go to sleep. He's able. Because at every part of anybody's journey standing down here, they had to rest on the fact that even with they, what they didn't know, what they did know was enough to keep them through what they didn't know. Yeah. And you got to hold on to what you do know while you try to figure out what you don't know. What we do know is God is able. What we do know is God promised to never leave us nor forsake us. What we do know is he's a keeper. And God doesn't always get us out of it, but God will get in it. I'm telling you what we do know. He says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. That's what we do know. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. The Lord is your shepherd. And you shall not want and don't you go forward with the fear that what happened to my son may happen to me. You lost your son last year. You can't go forward with that fear. Everybody has their own journey. You go forward in faith. You don't have to. You can go forward in fear, but it'll exhaust you. Go forward with the faith of God. Lord, I trust you either way it goes. My pastor just walked in, my Chicago pastor. He's one of the most anointed men I know, Pastor Eric Thomas. I want to invite him to come and pray. I know he didn't ask for this, but I want you to come and pray. And I, he, thank you, thank you, my pastor. He's going to pray for you. He's going to pray for others because, listen, some people are still in the journey. But we know God is able.
Amen, amen, amen. Come on, hug somebody and tell them, I told you you're going to be all right. Everybody hug somebody and tell them, I told you you're going to be all right. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Hallelujah. We've got to get out of here. Let's prepare our hearts and our minds to give our offering this is what we're going to do this Sunday just to make it easy. Bring me two baskets right up here on the pulpit. If you're giving online, go ahead and do that right now. You know I delayed the giving so I could just go ahead and preach. And so here we are. We have not given. But if you want to give, let's sow right now. God is the joy and the strength of my life moves all pain and misery and strife. I want you to come on right now as you prepare your gift. One o'clock service. I need us to be givers. I need us to be tithers. I need us to be generous. Come on and let's bring our gifts now. If you're not bringing a tangible gift, pull your phone out and pick whichever way to give is most sufficient for you. Everybody, let's give a tithe. Let's give our offerings today. And next Sunday, we're going to finish this debt. Cancel the debt in the hole. We only need $124,000 left. Somebody clap for that. Somebody clap for that. Come on, let's give, let's give, let's give. Everybody giving something after this word. Everybody give. Like your life is connected to your faith. Because it is, it is, it is, it is. Let's get on out of here the way we know how to do it. God is the joy. God is the joy and the strength of my life. Moves all pain. Moves all pain. It's a 
promise to keep me, never to leave me, never ever, come short of his word. I've got to fast and pray, keep my life clean. I wanna go with them. to keep me Don't worry, I got you. 
Chicago pastor hand. You want to say anything? I know I asked you to pray. You want to say anything? You sure? You sure? All right. We have another guest pastor and his wife. I want them to come forward. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up, come on up, come on up. Tell me where y'all are from. Indianapolis, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Tell me your name. Reverend Oates, Pastor Oates, Lady Oates. Stretch your hands this way. They asked us to cover them in prayer. When a pastor comes to church when they don't have to be at church, it's because they need to be refilled. Even tow trucks need tow trucks. And so God, in the name of Jesus, I need some ministers back here. I don't know what the all is gonna do. I just... Uh, I know there's a weight on this man of God. 
but there's also a release. That's enough ministers, I got it, that's enough ministers. There's a release for his spirit, for his mind, and I cover Pastor Oates. We as a church cover this man of God and his wife. And the first thing, God, we want to ask you to do is wrap him up in the same hedge that you put around Job. And the Bible says it wasn't just around Job, it was around his house. Cover his house. Cover his mind. Cover his ministry. Whatever weapon has been formed, we cancel it and we cast it back to the pits of hell. We speak peace and power, restoration and refreshment over his spirit. When he gets back to Minneapolis, even if nothing changes, he changes. In the name of Jesus, strength for every sermon, strength for every assignment, strength for every setback, strength for every enemy he's fighting. In his body, in his spirit, in his mind, we cancel every attack. Fill him up till he overflows. Fill him up in his innermost places. Touch his wife. Anoint her afresh. Send new power, new peace, new joy, new strength. Hold her while she holds him in the name of Jesus. And we declare no weapon, no weapon, no weapon, no enemy. No sickness, no violence, no pain, no betrayal, no rejection shall prosper in the name of Jesus. It is so. Somebody give God praise for these men and women of God right here. We give God praise. Y'all got to leave me alone up in here. Lift your hands high. May your struggles keep you knit across. May your troubles show that you need God. May your battles end the way they should. And may your bad days prove that God is good. I pray your whole life keeps on proving that God is good. Look at somebody like you got some swag and say, you're going to be all right. I'll see y'all later. Peace, peace. I love you.
tell y'all something. I don't, I don't know who's still in the sanctuary, but let me just release this little after church word on you. The anointing of God has been so thick in this sanctuary all day long. God has deposited so many fresh insights in us. Whenever God is moving in a church like this, it's so that God can fill you up for whatever's coming next. So whatever you face next, don't act like you shocked and weak and jelly back. Stand straight up. Stand straight up. And you face it with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say it is so. Face it. Face it. And no weapon. If God be for you, who? I told y'all leave me alone. I slap a demon up in here. demonic force. This is God's house. We God's people. And we don't be Clap like you feel it. Clap like you gonna live and not die. Clap like the dungeon ain't your destination. Clap till you feel better.
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul, we say, yes, Lord. And it's completely yes. Come on, help me say it. My soul says yes. Hands lifted, everybody that's still here. Come on, say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Say yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart. Come on, tell them to the depths of my soul. Everybody say yes, Lord. From your heart, tell them completely yes. Completely yes. Come on, my soul. Just one more time. We're going to sing it like we know it. Come on. As loud as you can before we go. Just wave those hands and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, everybody. Say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hey family, I pray you've been blessed by this message that God gave me. I hope you stay connected to Fellowship Chicago through YouTube, Facebook, or our website. Go to fellowshipchicago.com today and make sure that you stay updated on all of the great things that are happening on the ship. Until we meet again, may you be blessed by the power, the peace, and the provisions of God. Peace, peace.